Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. It's that time of the year, and Christmas has come early because we've got the football podcast to bring you the Christmas games. That's right, Christmas games, Christmas football. We're all here, we're all predicting games, we're all talking about last week's games. There's a lot to get through, there's a bumper edition of the football podcast, so stay tuned for that. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment, leave a review where you can leave a review, and like I say, share the podcast around. Right, let's get started, here we go, this is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Yes, indeed. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. It's your weekly football instalment from your uh, your lovely fellas here at the Cookie Caster Podcast Network for you. Obviously, I don't do it alone. And for those of you watching us on YouTube, you'll see four, I can't say smiling faces at you, because uh, one face is probably a little bit more upset than the rest. Uh, but four faces on your screen, certainly more, uh, that can't be debated. Um, obviously, as always, I bring to you the Middlesbrough flavour. Mr. Stuart Woodmitty brings you the whole flavour. Mr. Andrew Cook brings you just the Flav- generic... Flavour. UK flavour. Flavour. Supplying flavor, flavor. the Nottingham Forest flavourings. Mr. Matthew Moore, how are we doing this week, boys? Good. Yeah, very happy. Very, very good. So, we'll start with Mr. Moore's team, as they were the first team who had a game last week. And said game was Nottingham Forest versus Tottenham Hotspur. And this was live on Sky Sports on the Friday Night Football. And um, didn't really pan out that well. For the uh, for the Forest Boys, is it fair to say? I think it's one of the, I, I think as much as you know, we discuss this on a regular basis. My disdain for Spurs, um, but I, I, I think you know by their quality and how well you know. I know they've gone through a rough patch beforehand. They're a decent side, and you kind of think hopefully I'll pick up. We'll pick up some points against them. Maybe a draw. That, um, but we can kind of, you know, as we'll probably allude to in a bit. Um, you know, the forest form has been absolutely shocking as well. Um, well I think forest set up to kind of do the kind of sneaker win type thing if they could keep it nil nil as long as possible. Um, to which they were doing very well uh, until three minutes into injury time after, uh, before half time. And everybody's favourite twat uh, managed to head in a goal uh, for Spurs. I mean, the cross was very good. Not a clue what the goalkeeper was doing, uh, but Richarlison headed it in um, and then proceeded to, yeah, just live up to his reputation and more kind of thing. And you kind of think, 
I know people shouldn't throw coins, and I know people shouldn't throw bottles and shouldn't throw stuff at players. But when you act the way that he did, and the way a lot of players seem to be now, it seems deliberately antagonistic. And you know, you don't know what's being shouted from the from the from the stands, and I don't agree. You know, fine, the fans shouldn't be saying it. But if you're going over to the fact of the opposition fans and giving it big licks like this to them, it only takes one, not even completely unhinged person to throw something at you. Uh, but yeah, obviously he's been given pelters. I've no doubt because of the the way he acted last season at Forest. Um, he scored that one, and then um, I think midway through the second half, oh no, Forest uh, did have a goal disallowed. For Alanga being offside, along with two or three other people with him, uh, I think they'd had, a, they'd had a few chances as well uh, as they pushed to try and get get the goal back. But then is it Kuzilevsky? Kuzilevsky again. God knows what Matt Turner was doing, but it wasn't good, and I think. When you've got two keepers that aren't are all right, you've got no keepers that are all right. It's a bit like the kind of old NFL adage of if you haven't got a good quarterback, you haven't got a quarterback. And I think Forrester in that state at the moment of Turner isn't great and Vladimir Himosh or whatever his name is, he also is not great. It's built on the fact that Defence isn't great either, and we're currently at the position of two keepers with no confidence, and yeah, not good. So yeah, two nil loss, shocking defending, shocking goalkeeping. Yeah, done and dusted. Not not the greatest start to the weekend uh, for our uh, respective teams. Sadly, um, from a predictions perspective, you'll all be shocked to hear. That the most optimistic of us was Mr. Andrew Cook, who was swanned in with a 2 0 Nottingham Forest win. So he did get the correct score, not in the right order. Um, so another point for Mr. Cook there. The rest of us, um, oh, just a little side note from last week's podcast obviously, Mr. Moore was unable to join us last week. Did get his predictions to me in enough time that I was able to add them to the book before we recorded tonight. Um, we had all oh, maximum points, is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough, predicting a two-nil win for something. Um, you know that's not true. Mister Moore was very honest. He did send me the, uh, the the predictions that he'd written his book, but had sadly forgotten to take a photo of um, before he was at his prior engagement. Um, so strangely enough, we had all we had all uh, selected a three-one Tottenham win. So technically, from a goal difference perspective, we were all bang on the money. Um, but uh, yes, sadly, uh, uh, no points for any of the Nottingham Forest goal scorers. Um, Stu had Sun with two and Johnson, so it doesn't get any points. Matt had Sun, Johnson and Richarlison to score. So obviously knew that said prick. Would, uh, would notch in the game. Um, I had Son, Richarlison and Kulisevsky to score in the game. 
So I bagged myself two bonus points for the gold stories. So three points for me, two points for Matt, one point for Stu, Andy sadly still to get off the mark. Before we move on to the second game of the week, we'll stick with Nottingham Forest as um, developments that happened earlier in the week dictated that that particular game against Tottenham turned out to be the last game in charge for Steve Cooper as he was relieved of his position as the Nottingham Forest manager. Um, the position has been filled today, no less, by the ex-Wolves and Spurs and most recently al Ittihad manager Nuno Espirito Santo. Thoughts, Matthew, or um, do we not have enough time left in the rest of the uh, the universe for you to uh, get your point across in this one? Uh, I think it's. I mean, I've got. I like looking at it. Like one win in thirteen, and a good chunk of them losses. Um, it's for it's form that gets you sacked. I think by. Um, it's quite interesting. Like I think Gary Neville said before the Forest match on Sat on Sunday that you know it just seems like he's a dead man walking. It's like you know they're just desperate to sack him. Um, Glenn Murray, I think, has come out today and said it basically feels like ever since he got them promoted to the Premier League, the, the owner's been looking at somebody else because I think the owner doesn't see him as a Premier League. Um, manager, um, but I can't. You know, I've, I've kind of gone through it. Right, so obviously, he was he was made manager on the twenty first of September, twenty twenty one. After Hume was sacked after losing two 0 to Middlesbrough, Forest were bottom of the table without a win. Um, obviously, then they went on a run. They got them promoted via the playoffs. Kept them up last season. Got them into the. Um, uh, it got them to Carabao Cup semi-finals last year. I just think it's like I don't know. I, I, I think I was saying to you, you guys, yesterday when the news was kind of trickling through, it's it's messed up the way they've treated him. Like the rumours, the constant rumours. The are oh, they getting this guy in? They're getting that guy in. They're already talking to. They're already talking to Santos. That kind of thing. And if it was me, if I was a manager, I'd be like, well, hang on a minute. You've not even sacked the other guy yet. So why are you talking to me? I, I don't know how they've got another person to take the job. I know, like, originally it was Lapategi, La- La- is it? Who was at um, Wolves last year. Last year, And, you know, I, yeah, I tried to have a couple of meetings with him, but he wasn't interested. Probably not, because he knows that somebody's already got the job. Like, I just think... You know, and they come out with the statement, it's, oh, he's this, he's that, he's a friend of Forrest forever. But you're treating him like absolute shit since the weekend. And I just think, you know, yeah, it was getting to the point where his position was untenable. The players weren't playing for him. One win in 13, like I said, loads of losses. Losing to sides that are around us. Um, uh you know, so fine, do that, but sack him and then sort it out afterwards. Uh, but yeah, Santos, I think it's one of them ones where you look at it and you think, you look at his record at, at Wolves and it isn't that good. It's like 42 wins, 48, 42 wins, 48 losses, 
and he doesn't, he doesn't draw. Um, so, you know, whether we can, whether whether he's been selected on the fact that we've got a lot of Latin American players that obviously speak Portuguese, he is also Portuguese. Whether that's meant to, um, whether, whether he's going to help with that. Um, but the other thing that we're saying, it's the like the forest structure is absolutely messed up. So the manager has, or the manager or head coach has a bit of say who comes in. You've also got a director of football and a chief of scouts that have also signing players. Then you've also got the owner and his son buying passion project, like kind of, you know, your Jesse Lingards and the Gabriel Montials and these players that you think, why have we signed them? And I think it's just this kind of, oh, look at us, we've signed this player. And, you know, and the, and the fans are meant to be like, oh, brilliant, thanks. So, yeah, um, we'll see. Uh, I don't think, I think Forest fans are going to be shocked because I don't think he's going to play expansive football, because I don't think he played expansive football at Wolves. Um, so it might be more of the same of from last season, which might keep us up, but I don't think it's going to be flashy. Yeah, I think I when, he was, when, he was, when he was the manager at Wolves, I think that, obviously, it's no, it's no surprise to everyone that they, that they made a lot, of, a lot of the signings they made were Portuguese. Um, and I think that was mainly based around the fact that a lot of the influence came from the the agent George Mendes, um, who obviously I don't know if he himself is Portuguese, but he's obviously got a lot of Portuguese players in his portfolio. Um, so I don't know if that's maybe part of the reason why he's come in because he's not usually in control of uh, like player recruitment as much yeah. as he's basically the, the head coach who's who's given the pool of players and then told coach them we don't we don't we're not interested in who you need we'll we'll give you the players yeah you coach them and get them to play the best possible way so um what i would say is that obviously he took he took wolves from mid-table championship to top seven in the Premier League within two seasons. Oh, so, yeah. they're, they're, there's clearly a coach in there. It's just a case of, did it just grow a bit stale for him at Wolves and that's why he moved on? I don't think he was ever given a fair a fair shake of Spurs to say that he'd no. only just taken over and he, and he was sacked within, what, three, four months or something like that. And there's um, a lot of injuries. There's a lot of injuries and yeah. there's been a lot of turnover with that squad as well. Typical spuds aren't spent any money either. Yeah, so I, I, I'd say sort of reserve like judgment until you've sort of seen him fight, you know, five, six games or so, and like the main, hopefully the main, they can get the new bounce. The main thing is that players have got to get their fingers out of their arses because they've been absolutely shocking for the past month. Um, and the other thing is. Is that you know, like I think I said to you guys before, no manager's going to do well without a fifteen to twenty goal striker, and we haven't got one of those at the moment. He's currently injured, um, yeah. so we'll see how he goes. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to um, fellow podcaster alumni, Mr. James Panas, early on today, and uh, he showed up, I think I think he said a stat where they'd flashed up Cooper's 
Premier League game, or maybe just his, his win percentage as a as, as a, and no, maybe it was his Premier League win percentage, um, and it was less than twenty percent, which in 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 totals not not really going to get you many. Uh, it's not, but then on the flip well, side of that. It's a, we were a promoted side that just about stayed up last season. Um, obviously, it needs to get better now. Mm. We'll move on anyway. We'll we'll move on to uh, to the next game from last week's slate, which see which saw Hull City taking on Cardiff City. Uh, now, obviously, this one took place at the MKM Stadium, so I can only presume, Mister Woodman, see that you were there in person to see. What turned out to be quite the game. I was, yeah. Um, myself, my boys, uh, we had, we even, well, obviously Mr. Walker was there as well, shout out to Rich, but we even had uh, my friend Gaz there as well, who uh, I used to work at the, the club with many moons ago. Um, so, yeah, bit of a old boys reunion, I guess. Um, it took place the day after Gaz's birthday. And what a delightful present he got. Um, possibly the most complete performance I have ever seen from any Hull City side that I have ever seen play in person. That was just... Saturday was unbelievable. From from the off, right to the last minute, there wasn't a man particularly out of place. There was, Yeah, there was a period in the game... Um, in the second half, where Cardiff had a little bit of the ball, but they dealt with it. They never, they never looked in trouble. Um, and I guess we should, we should start with the result in the respect of Hull came away with a three-nil win. Um, so the first goal, uh, team move started with a, an opposition goal kick. Two fan, possibly the shortest man on the pitch, won a header. Um, Ball was, was passed around. Cardiff couldn't get anywhere near. Bit of uh, exploratory passing down the left wing. Getting nowhere with that. So they uh, stayed patient. Fed the ball out across the pitch to the right-hand side. Delap shifted it into fifth, as he usually tends to do when he gets a, a defender in his sights. And drilled it from the right wing across the box. For uh, Paul's favourite. Aaron Connolly to tap in at the back post after 32 minutes. So it wasn't exactly like a lightning start, but there had been chances before that. Connolly um, had had a ball played over the top that he took nicely around the keeper just before that. Uh, but unfortunately for, for Hull, one of the Cardiff defenders was alert to it and had, uh, had gone to back up his keeper, so scooped it off the line from behind the keeper. So there, there were signs, like I say, right, right from the off. Um yeah, it, it was 1-0 at half-time. Everything was, was looking kind of steady. There's always that feeling of, we're going to need another, just to just to settle the nerves, at least. And the second half came, and they just picked up exactly where they left off. Scott Twine scored a peach of a free kick on 56 minutes. Actually got one on target. Uh, it's, it's unheard of when we signed him on loan from Burnley we were told about oh he's a dead ball specialist he'll, he'll score goals from free kicks he's subsequently taken on most of the free kick 
duties and absolutely goosed every single one of them before this. Uh, so it's about time that that came off. But the keeper had no chance. The lap again, driving at the defence, brought down a few yards outside the area, pretty central. And uh, Scott Twine dispatched it, top left bins, straight in, no messing. And then, yeah, 2-0, thinking, right, we're comfortable now. This is the point where sometimes they might settle in, sit too deep. And they absolutely didn't. Three minutes later, Tyler Morton played a ball from the back over the top, picking out Ozan Tufan. So, yeah, just three minutes later on, 59 minutes. Now, I would watch this goal back. I, I Sent, I'm pretty sure I sent the goals to you boys. It, this one was was well worth a watch in the sense of it was a great spot by Morton. Tufan is one of those players who's been really hit and miss. And uh, safe to say Saturday was one of his biggest hits in the sense of his first touch was just perfect. Perfectly into his, his own path. Had a defender on his back. Keeper was then caught in no man's land as he just gently lifted it over his head and straight into the back of the net. Um, Allsop had one save to make all game. That was it. Um, so, yeah, that was it. Just great. We can't say anything else about it. It was just great. I, if every game was like that, then it would be amazing. I was just Obviously, it's not going to be, but um, more of the same, please, gentlemen. Well... From a predictions perspective, you were the least optimistic of the bunch, as you'd gone for a 1-1 draw, with goals each for Morton and Grant. Sadly, that was completely incorrect across the board. The rest of us were all much more optimistic and had gone for varying degrees of Hull City win. Myself and Mr Cook had both gone for one nillers. Andy went with the lap to score. I get a bonus point because I went with twine to score. So, bonus points for me. Um, Matt had gone for a 2-1 pull win. So, again, got the correct number of goals in the game. Um, sadly, not in the right order. Um, the lap and twine Matt had predicted to score for Hull. So, he also bags himself for two points. So, two points for me, two points for Matt. One point for Andy, Stu. No points in that game. Our third game of the week saw my boys in action. And it was another one of our teams... Versus someone from Wales. As we have had the long trip to Swansea to contend with. Um, I sound like this one started out quite cagey, as seems to be the want with most Borough games these uh, these days. Um, and it took until the 43rd minute for the deadlock to be broken. Um, the ball broke in the middle of the park for uh, Matt Crooks to pick up. Um, uh, just in the Swansea half. Um, he got a ball out of his feet and just played a lovely through ball um, through to the left-hand edge of the box for Sam Greenwood to latch on to. Uh, who just finished first time low across the keeper to make it 1-0 at the break to the Borough. Um, as seems to be the case with most uh, Borough games now, though, they, uh, they were pegged back on the 59th minute. Uh, a ball was played in from the left-hand side where Jason Lowe found himself in the box, who stooped low to head it across the goalkeeper, Senny Dieng, to make it one apiece. Um, and then uh, Borough got the what turned out to be the winner in the 78th minute, in what was 
one of the more bizarre scenarios you'll see. Um, a ball uh, was just played into the box where the Swansea defender took it upon himself to just pass the ball back to the goalkeeper. Nothing wrong with that, you'd say. There is when the goalkeeper picks that ball up. So, yeah, referee referee's whistle goes. Indirect free kick given inside the box. One of the lesser spotted phenomena in football. Um, Morgan Rogers stood over the free kick, knowing that he couldn't shoot. Um, he tried to roll the ball very, very slightly into the path of Sammy Silvera, who smashed the ball in at the near post to get for uh, their second goal in the afternoon and get the win. So, very, very happy that Muddlesbury managed to hold on in the end and get the 2-1 win. Predictions-wise, um, Stu, again, the least optimistic, had gone for a 2-2 draw. Balassi and Grimes to score for Swansea. Crooks and Greenwood to score for the Borough. Bags himself a bonus point there. Uh, the rest of us are all gone for very degrees of Middlesbrough win. Andy, 2-0. Latte Laugh and Rogers to score. Sadly, no points for the goal scorer, but does get himself a point for the result. Both myself and Mr Moore, however, had gone for 2-1 Middlesbrough wins. So get ourselves two points there for a correct score. Um, I had Patterson to score for Swansea, Latte Laugh and Silvera to score for the Borough. Sadly, Mr Moore did not have any goal scorers. Yates, Jones and Latte Laugh. So no bonus points for him. So, three points for me, two points for Matt, a point apiece for Stu and Mr Cook. Two games remain in week 20. But before we go through Port Vale versus Wigan, we are just going to step away momentarily, take a quick break, and we'll be right back at you before you can say... Nuna Espirito Santo. Recording in progress. Espirito Santo. See, see, I couldn't even get through it before we got back. See, told you. The, the break was that quick. So, our... Sport game of the week took place with Andrew's team, Wigan Athletic. They were away at sort of a podcast team in Port Vale. I believe the... Uh, I, I, well, I know for a fact the first ever live game for Mr Woodmansey took place either at or involving Port Vale. Uh, I don't think that, that yeah. was you, Mr Moore, as well. First, yeah, first league game. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had a season ticket for a year when I was 14 as well, so... There you are. So Port Vale, almost almost a podcast team in their own right. And they were taking on Andy's adopted team of Wigan Athletic. Um, and it sounds like if you were there in person, this was quite the game to be in, uh, in attendance for. Um, and needless to say, Mr Cook is no longer a Wigan Athletic supporter as Port Vale were now 3-2 winners on this one. Portwell went 2-0 up with goals from Chislett and Chislett again. Um, Wigan did over to get it back to 2-2 with goals from XZE, which I'm assuming is Zzzz, and Wyke 
to equalise at 2-2. Port Vale won it late with a, uh, a third goal wrapping up his hat-trick from Mr Chislett himself. So, Wigan Athletic no longer supported and followed by Mr Andrew Cook. He switched his allegiances to Port Vale. Well done, sir. Predictions-wise, Andy thought that his boys... We're doing proud here, and he went for a 1-0 Wigan win with Stones to get the goal. Sadly, no points. Stu and Matt had both gone for 1-1 draws. Uh, Stu had gone for Walters and Humphreys, whereas Matt had gone for Garrity and Humphreys. No points there for either of those two. I saw something in the cards here, and had gone for a 1-0 Port Vale win with Ojo to score the goal. So... No points for goal scorer, but I do get a point for the fact that I had Port Vale down as the winning side. So a point for me, no points for anyone else. Port Vale winning that game meant that Andrew's allegiances obviously switched to Port Vale, which was quite handy, because their next game just so happened to be against Middlesbrough in the EFL Cup. And Middlesbrough... Ran out 3-0 winners, which means Mr. Andrew Cook is now officially a Middlesbrough FC supporter. And all that means is that we have a lot less admin to do on the podcast for at least another week or two, which, given the busy festive period, could not have worked out any better. It's almost like we planned it. It's like, that's it, it's perfect. Uh, let's 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 just let's just thank the Valiants. To be honest with you, they did uh, a stellar stellar job. Um, this one was was kind of fairly straightforward right from the right from the start. To be honest with you, Borough took the lead in um, the just bear with me. Took the lead in the eleventh minute. Um, uh, Johnny House had picked up the ball in his uh, in the, the Portville half at a one-two with Dan Barlasser. Um, managed to carry the ball just to the edge of the box um, and hit what was I'm assuming a, a hopeful uh, shot from his perspective which took a massive deflection over the uh, over the defender and just completely looped over the keeper um, who just so happened to be Connor Ripley uh, an ex-Middlesbrough Academy graduate um, who was playing for Port Vale so don't think there was any question that he'd um, you know let the ball in he was he was definitely taken completely out of the game by the, uh, by the deflection on the house and shot. One became two after 23 minutes um, when Morgan Rogers found the back of the net. He seemed to find uh, quite a lot of goals in this competition. He's been a healthy goal scorer in the League Cup for the Borough this season. Sam Stolvera uh, won the ball back on the right-hand side, uh, worked the ball into the box, and then a lovely little pick-out from sort of his peripheral vision saw Morgan Rogers coming, in, uh, coming onto the ball from deep. So laid the ball back to the edge of the box for Morgan Rogers to just side foot past the goalkeeper. It was 2-0 at the break and uh, the game was wrapped up in the 53rd minute when Matt Crooks notched. Um, again, Morgan Rogers um, playing little balls in and, in, in and around the, uh, sort of the box for, uh, for the Borough. Uh, he got the ball into his feet, slipped a little, slit, a little through the ball round the corner for Crooks to latch onto um, and then just fire past the goalkeeper to make it 3-0. And that's where the scoring finished. So, 
we had all predicted a Middlesbrough win in this one, so we each get at least one point. Um, my, uh, Stu had gone for a 2-1 Borough win with Rodgers and Balassa to score, so gets himself a bonus point there. Myself and Matt had both gone for 3-1 wins. Uh, I had Coburn, Balassa and Rodgers to score. Uh, Matt had Jones, Latte, Laugh and Crooks to score. So we both get a bonus point for the goal score there as well. Mr Cook, however, straight on the money. 3-0 Middlesbrough win. Two points for that. However, he only had Rodgers as a goal scorer. Latte, Laugh and Silvera with, with his other two goal scorers. So he does get himself a bonus point for the goal scorer as well as two points for the correct score. So that means that rounding out the week, uh, with four points from five games, Mr. Stuart Woodmanson. Five points from five games, Mr. Andrew Cook. Um, eight points from five games, very respectable for Mr. Matthew Moore. But taking the week with a whopping 11 points from the five possible games, it is myself. I'm very happy about it. I am too. So, week 20, done and dusted. We're going to bring to you now week 21's predictions. And oh my, there are quite a lot of games in week 21 because uh, in case you've been living under a rock, we're about to enter a rather busy period uh, over the next couple of weeks. So, we have games this Saturday. Uh, in fact, I, I tell a lie, we have a game on Friday that starts us off. Bristol City taking on... Hull City, and even though this is a Friday fixture, it is not on television, which is incredibly Scrooge-like of Sky Sports. How dare they, how dare they schedule this game and not give us the televisual feast that it is. Obviously, it's Mr. Woodman's team. He will give his prediction last. I'll jump straight in here, as uh, tends to be my want. I've gone for a 1-1 draw on this one. I've gone for Mehmeti to score for Bristol. Two fan to score for Hull. Uh, I'll come to Andy second to last, as technically it could be argued that this is sort of Andy's home game. So I'll come to Matt next for his prediction. I've gone for a 2-1 Hull win. Ooh, lovely. Your Bristol City goal scorer, please. Conway. You might have to explain to the people why Bristol City is uh, sort of a home game for you. Um, because there was a point in time where it was your firm belief that I was from Bristol. And yep, I completely, completely misheard uh, you talking about you growing up somewhere. I was like, oh, Bristol? And you were like, absolutely not. But I was utterly convinced that it was. Great it's story. It's that strong, it's strong Bristolian that accent story, you've yeah. got, Andy. <laughs> Go on, Andy. Tell us your prediction. Uh, it's a nil-one for for uh, Stew's boys putting my boys to the sword with Delap to score a goal. Go on, then, Stu. Tell us how it's going to go. Uh, for you, Paul, there is absolutely no way two fans scoring three games on the spin. So you can get that 
chalked off your list all straight out of the uh, I have gone for a 1-1 draw, however, but I have gone for Gardner Hickman and Delap because if he hasn't scored by the time that the New Year's Day rolls around, I'll be very surprised. He makes a lot of goals, but he does also chip as well. So he's made he's made plenty of goals in the last few games, but um, it's 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 got to be his turn now, surely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he did get one in the Borough game. To be fair, it's not as if he's it's not as if he's like you know first in for goals after his drought. Yeah, but he's also the listed you know a listed striker, so he should be there. There are thereabouts every other game in my mind. Very, very true. Our second game of the week sees us move to Saturday's slate of games. And the first game sees Nottingham Forest taking on Bournemouth in Nuno Espirito Santos first game in charge. Obviously, Mr. Moore's team. He'll give his prediction last. Uh, let's go to Andy to see what Andy's got down for Nottingham Forest versus Bournemouth. So, I'm thinking... New manager, got to bed it in, but also you want to see that new manager, new new car smell effect. So I've gone with a 1-1 draw. Honestly, couldn't work out whether you, which way you were going with that. Didn't know whether you were going to go for like a draw or an 8-0 win or something like that. Uh, no, just a 1-1 draw, just get... Get a goal, but obviously there's you know an adjustment period. So I've got Wood scoring for Forest. Just to clarify, there, Andy said he's got Wood, and I will show it for money if uh, if that's of interest to anybody. Uh, you know, it's it's the, it's it's that time of year when you know things get real expensive, uh, and I've got Solanke to score. Bournemouth. Uh, by the way, if anybody's interested, Bournemouth. Good website. Good website. You can you can have points, additional points for website. Obviously, they put all of their money. Stadium. I was just going to say they obviously put all their money into their website, not into their stadium. The irony of it being the vitality as well. Come on. This Ooh. this is of course. A game between two teams who had to call off a game because their stadium couldn't hack the elements that were being thrown at it, of course. They're going to build it. Have you heard they're going to build a new stadium right next to the current stadium? Do oh, yes. what the capacity's going to be? 20-something? Oh, way too high. Oh, no. 18,500 seats. That's some ambition God's there was literally no club for miles. Like Bournemouth is, there's nobody nearby. Yes, eighteen and a half. You know, eighteen thousand five hundred seats a stadium. Ooh, oh, you and your lofty ambitions, pushing the boat out. Build that on the seas, right there. It's right there. Get him, get him back in the third division. Stu, what have you got for this one? Uh, I have gone for a Forest 1, Bournemouth 2. Oh, no. No new manager bounce at all. You know, in, in fairness to myself, 
I had done these predictions before uh, that news today, and I thought, do I switch or do I not? And I thought, no, screw it, go with it, because then I, I would be happier if Forrest didn't lose on Matt's behalf. So, um, obviously, there's there'll be a bit of lingering in, in my mind from the fact that Bournemouth spanked Man United at Old Trafford uh, not so long back. So they'll probably be riding that like Seabiscuit and, and, until they get their asses handed to them themselves by some other team. Um, but yeah, I've got Elanga for Forest. Mr Cook will be happy to hear I also have Solanke. And uh, Cook. Mr Cook. Add Solanke. And I have Cook and Solanke. Oh, Lewis Cook. I was trying to, I was trying to work it out. I was like, Gibson Cook. I thought he left, but no, that would be too big. Andy's not, Andy's not pulling his boots on, is he? Come on. No. He's hey, too busy we, playing we, for Bradford. We don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes. Too busy playing for Bradford. That is true, actually. I've gone for the stereotypical new manager bounce. I've gone for a one-nil Forest win with Gibbs White to get the goal. Matt. How do you think this will pan out for your new boys and your new manager? I've gone for a two-all draw. Because what, what did what I mean talk about when you kind of think, oh God, piss off. What's their manager, Bournemouth's manager, call it chaos ball or something like that? They play <laughs> chaos ball. I'm like, that sounds like not a fucking clue what you're doing, ball. But you know. <laughs> kinda, So I've got, yeah, Forest 2, Bournemouth 2, hopefully they'll just be, you know, so there's that level of bounce, bit of kind of, I don't know, hopefully, thingy. So I've gone for Wood and Gibbs-White for Forest and Solanke and Billing for Bournemouth. Because he seems to always score against Forest, Billing. Phil Bill, as uh, I understand he uh, goes by colloquially, Our third game of the week sees not just my team, but Mr Cook's team as well. Middlesbrough taking on West Bromwich Albion, which will forever forever go down as the Williams Derby. Bit of beef with the in-laws. It'll definitely be hilarious when they absolutely win. But um, enough about uh, what potentially might be coming down the line with my prediction. Let's go to uh, Matt for his prediction. I've gone for a one-all draw to keep it all sweetness and light in the Williams household for Christmas. Sensible. Scorers? Greenwood and Swift. Uh, Andrew? Um, I've got just 1-0 to our collective team. Go scorer? Silvera. Nice. Like it. Stu? You should know by now, this far into the equation, that as the old adage goes, happy wife, Happy life. 1-0 West Brom with Wallace to score. 
I mean, I'm not going to lie. I honestly think, had I not told her that this was the game on Saturday, she would have had zero idea that this was the game that was taking place. Oh, so, but I mean, you, you say that, but now this will be the one game that she's looked at, looked for the result in the last six months, and should West Brom happen to win, then, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it, it's definitely more a case of happy father-in-law, happy life for this particular weekend, as he's the one who tends to uh, actually care more about the, the, uh, the bagging anyone else really in the family um, and sadly I think that he will be the happier of the two of us as I have also gone for a 2-1 West Brom win um, injuries are absolutely kicking our arse at the minute I sent her through a picture to these boys earlier on that showed a Middlesbrough team of 14 players currently out injured in the first team one of which is of course the goalkeeper which were, which was uh, who was injured in the towards the end of the game against Swansea, something that I'd completely forgotten to mention in the uh, in the in the breakdown of the game, um, they also had three players come off injured last night in the game against Port Vale. So the the injury list just keeps adding, uh, growing and growing. I've gone for Greenwood to score for the Borough. Um, you're forgetting lads, old boy effect, old boy ruling effect on this one. Alex Mauer is back in the West Brom side and he's getting games. So I've gone for him to score. And I have also got Swift to score in line with Mr. Moore's prediction. Um, that's the weekend games. We now move to Boxing Day's games. Obviously, Boxing Day over here, a very, uh, a very popular footballing day. Um, there are three games in total, all taking place on the 26th of December. And the first one of those is Newcastle United versus Nottingham Forest. Obviously, Mr. Moore's team, so he will give his prediction last. I do have a question for you. Will he be in attendance at this game? No, no, because tickets are rocking horse shit would be the kind of, not a cat and house chance of getting them in the forest end, and of course, glory hunters that they are. Everyone's jumped back on that black and white striped zebra pole bandwagon. Um, is that because so, once they've been to so many games they can get Carabao Cup semi-final? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> that's probably why they bought, that's probably why a lot of them did buy tickets though for this because they were like, oh, I've got to get my points up ready to, when we get the Carabao final ticket. <laughs> the 12.30 kickoff on, on, on Amazon television, the Amazon Prime oh. TV. Yeah. Well, there you go. Live What's all the time. <laughs> Um, I'll I'll jump in then. I'll I'll go with my prediction. I I've I've, I've gone for a, a one-one draw on this one. I reckon Forest might have enough to get something. Newcastle, another team that is getting absolutely kicked in the arse by injuries at the moment. Um, so they might not even be able to cobble together a first team actual first team player. They might have to be they might have to be relying on the uh, on the youth team at this point. So I've gone for a one-one draw. I have put the old boy rule into effect on both sides. I've gone for Lascelles to score for Newcastle and Wood to score for Forest. Um, yes, Stu, what have you gone for this one? Um, I have no idea who is injured for Newcastle. Um, I mean, there, there is a chance that, from what I've seen of them recently, if Kieran Trippier is playing, 
Forrest could score as many times as he touches the ball. Um, I, too, have gone for a 1-1 draw. Um, I have gone for Gordon, if he's not injured. Uh, mainly, be- mainly because I cannot stand him and he's playing against one of our teams. Um, and Gibbs White. Andrew? I've gone with new manager bounce kind of system. So I've now gone to nil two. Two goals and a clean sheet. Mm. Nice. I've I think got, we'd all take that. Um, once again, I've got Wood and uh, Hudson Adoy. Ooh. Sneaky. I like it. Go on then, Matt. You're not going to be there in person, but you will You will be able to watch on the Prime. How do you see it panning out? Uh, I've got a Newcastle 2-1 win. Mm. Not very festive. Goal scorers? Uh, I've got Wilson and Lascelles for Newcastle. And Wood for Forest. Very nice, but also... Very not nice. Uh, second to last game sees uh, the uh, the only one of our teams that's actually at home on Boxing Day. So uh, I dare say this will uh, mean you'll be in attendance. Yes, sir. Lovely stuff for Hull City versus Sunderland. Um, let's go to Andy for the prediction on this one first. It might not be Christmas anymore, but Hull are still going to be delivering the presents. It's a 2 0 win. The dilapidator and your favourite Hull player, Connolly, to score. Huh. Hilarious. Um, I've gone for a 2-1 Hull win. I've gone for Twine and Slater. Let's go for Hull. Bellingham to notch one for Slammed. Matt, what have you gone for on Hull versus Sunderland? I've gone for a one all draw. Connolly and Clark. Ah, yes. Fingers crossed that'll be Jack Clark's final contribution for someone this season. Hopefully someone will come in and snap him up and he will stop scoring. Uh, Stu, how do you see it playing out for your points? I've got 2-2. Two, two. So I've gone for Morton and Slater for Hull. And I've gone for Clark and Equar for Sunderland. EKWH? Yes. Oh no, I've, I've, I've literally just spelled it out and then written the wrong thing in the book. What a <laughs> But the best part is, nobody could see that, but you've still grasped yourself up. <laughs> if, if, if I haven't got my honesty, what, what do I have? I certainly don't have my integrity. Well, says the man who uh, didn't fix the points this week, but you know. Oh, that's something that I've noticed. Since when did it become a when, since when did it become a great that the go-to sort of celebration of football was shushing? It seems to be the most popular goal celebration at the moment, and I don't think that's gone unnoticed. Because all footballers got the mental age of a five-year-old. 
That is true. The best response that I saw to that was when uh, Sam Greenwood scored against Norwich and uh, gave it that, and filmed from the Norwich stand, you heard some guy just go, we're already quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed that a little bit too much. So, our Boxing Day festivities are rounded out by mine and Andy's boys, Middlesbrough travelling to the New York Stadium. No, no, no. We are staying in the UK, however, as that is Rotherham United's home ground. So, let's go to Stu for first dibs on Rotherham versus Middlesbrough. Uh, Rotherham nil, Middlesbrough two. Goal scorers, please. Greenwood, and by some Christmas miracle that the uh, fitness fairy will have delivered Latte Laugh back into the starting lineup, and uh, have gone for him to score the second. So, personally, I believe he was withdrawn from the game against Port Vale with an eye for getting him at least fit for Boxing Day, at the very least, but probably more likely that he would be fit for this Saturday coming. So, I don't think it's, in the, it's, it's within the realms of possibility that it's... Uh, He'll miss both. I would imagine he will start at least this game. Um, Matt? I've gone for a 2-1 Borough win. Oh, no. Yeah, I have, yes. Um, I've gone for Silvera and Greenwood for your good sales. Because I know you hate him. Eves for Rotherham. Oh God! He's gone. I was scored last weekend. I, yeah, I did notice that. I actually watched the um, the championship highlights and he scored against Plymouth. And I'm just thinking, oh Christ Almighty! That big tall lump of shite. Um, anyway, Matt, 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 you've you've done it wrong. It, as every whole fan will tell you, I think it's pronounced Eves as he uh, enters <laughs> pitch. Um, do you know what? As there is boys, I'm going to give Andy the uh, the privilege of going last on this one. I'll jump in. I've gone also for a 2-0 Borough win. I agree with Stu. I think that Latte Laugh will be back in the fold on this one, so I've gone for him to score. And Jones as well. I think he will also be back a bit open to this one. So go on then, Mr Cook. To round us out for the end of our what will be sort of the run-up to Christmas edition, what have you got for Rotherham versus our lads? Uh, Rotherham nil, Middlesbrough one. Just a cheeky, simple goal from Rogers. Ah, lovely Rogers, another one who was taken off with a bit of a knock in the game against Fort Vale. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Was that seven games or six? Six. One, two, three, four, five, six games your week 21 slot starting with Bristol City Hull and ending with Rotherham versus Middlesbrough on Boxing Day thank you very much um, obviously to end the podcast there's a couple of things I wanted to mention obviously um, in the Sports Personality of the Year um, ceremony that was uh, from last night um, for the second year running a women's footballer won the award. Mary Earps picking up the award and uh, very well deserved it was as well. Uh, she was a, a major part of the England Lionesses getting all the way to the World Cup final 
Kim saved the penalty in the World Cup final as well, but sadly they weren't able to get over the line in the end. Um, it's the third year in a row that a woman has won the award, uh, which is the first time that's happened since the 1960s. Um, and it just shows a bit more of a, a progression that women's football started to get the uh, the credit it deserves, uh, which is very nice. Um, and then sadly, obviously... Fortunately, though, you're forgetting, Paul, that, that Nike have said that they won't be releasing a replica shirt of what she was wearing last night for at least another three months. Well, that's just, that's just terrible. Incredibly... <laughs>
Um, other than that, that brings us to the end of, uh, of another week. And uh, obviously this is the last time we'll... Uh, We'll come to you before Christmas, so on, on behalf of myself and the rest of the, uh, the lads here at the podcast, we'd like to wish you all a very merry, festive period. Hopefully you all have a lovely time. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, have a lovely time. Uh, and uh, and we'll, see you, uh, we'll see you next week for another instalment of the, uh, the football podcast. But for now, it's tatty by all of us. We'll see you next week. There you go, what do you think to that? A bumper edition of the football podcast to get you nicely up to date going into Christmas. Oh, Christmas football. Delicious. Almost as delicious as that Christmas dinner. Before you leave us, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. And uh, check out the website. It's thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button and that way you can get in touch with us. That is it for this one, and that is it for nearly this year. Um, yeah, hope you all had a f- have had a fantastic Christmas, and uh, we'll catch you just before New Year. Until then, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.